Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm I'm literally laughing because I was just listening to this episode, you know, when I was editing, and it's hilarious. I think you're going to love it. I have Sarah Kate Barnes in here, who is a celebrity. I have Nathan Diggins, who y'all know Nathan. He's my co-pilot. We got Joe Cobb in here. And the four of us just talk about all sorts of things. We talk about the Enneagram. We talk about... Uh, my unusual ability to charm people, and we talk about just how it is to work with one another and coworkers, and sometimes how we can butt heads with coworkers, and how we can, you know, get to know who they are, and we you know really get to see who their heart is and who they are, and not just look at their faults and really try to push forward. And then we can all relate to that a little bit. So I think you'll enjoy this episode. It's fantastic. Y'all will love it. And so thank you for listening to the Great White Buffalo Podcast. If you haven't, please subscribe on Apple. Leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review. If you haven't listened to our previous episode with David Schnitzer, go listen to David. He is awesome. We're going to get him back on the podcast in a couple weeks. I mean, that man, that guy is awesome. And then also, if you haven't followed us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram at the Great White Buffalo Podcast. And if you need merch, we got T-shirts, comfort color T-shirts. We got stickers. We got a limited number of hats. I sold out of the gray hats. I have only like two of the brown hats left and about three of the green hats. And then I got about six of the red and black hats. So if you want some of that, just reach out, send us a message. I'll sell that to you. We, we appreciate y'all just supporting the podcast. I'm trying to get some guests on the podcast that I think you are really going to enjoy. I have I met a guy at a brewery. And he's a Master Chef. I don't know if you ever seen season ten of Master Chef with Gordon Ramsay. If you look at that, he was got fourth place on the most recent season. His name is Noah, and Noah's going to come be on the podcast. And I'm so stoked to have him. I'm going to ask him like a thousand questions about Gordon Ramsay. So look out for that episode. Also got some of the Atlanta Hawks cheerleaders. They're hopefully going to be uh, on the podcast as well. Talk about dancing and their passion about how to pursue dance through the young ages of you know doing it in elementary school all the way to doing it professionally for the Hawks. So just be looking on some episodes. And if you know anybody who has some really interesting stories and some heart that want to share some stuff, send me a message. I would love to interview them on the Buffalo as we move forward in 2021, taking it strong. And I just want to say once again from the bottom of my heart, I love you. I love the Buffaloes. I appreciate y'all listening and subscribing. And I hope you really enjoyed today's episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Wandering through the great plains of life, things move fast, sometimes a blur. Don't you let this bumpy road separate you from the herd. When you think the day is done, the sun is getting low. We're all looking for something rare, the great white buffalo. The great white buffalo. Podcast with Ben Mayfield. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This episode is special. We have some incredible guests here, and I just told a story about me being dishonest, but it's okay. We'll tell that story at <laughs> a later time. But you know, when you need cash, you need cash. You know? <laughs> College is tight. Uh, we have in the co-pilot seat, you know him, you love him. He's been here many of times. It's Mr. Nathan Dickens. How you doing? And in the seat of honor across from me, Mr. Joe Cobb. Hey, y'all. And this is your first, like, Full seat to the table, like you have the seat at the table. Yeah, it feels feels like I'm a real person, you know. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I made it. Yeah, because because last time uh, Joe Cobb was here, he had a share mic, so we're really glad that he's here um, and can 
do all the things that he can provide. And then in the wild card, the Maverick. You love her. She is Miss Congeniality of Dahlonega <laughs> of North Georgia. She is Miss Chick-fil-A. I don't know if that's a thing, but you totally get it. It's Miss Sarah Kate Barnes. Hey, y'all. What's up? Is, is your middle name Kate? No. So my first name is Sarah Catherine, and then my middle name is Christina. So okay. Sarah Catherine Christina. So Sarah Catherine is legally like a first full name. Yeah. But then, I do you a favor by letting you call me Sarah Kate. Oh, okay. And what was your middle name again? Christina. Christina. Mm-hmm. It's Christina. Yeah. It's my mom's Christina. college roommate. You get you come to my house. You say your name right. Um, do you get that reference at all? Okay. All right. That's my favorite movie. I uh, I worked at a summer camp, Jekyll Island. Shout out to Matt Anderson and Dowdy White. The two of them had shared a room, and I was, there was three guys and. And so I had my own room since I was the oldest. And every night they watched this movie called The Other Guys. And I remember, like, when it came out in theaters, like, I don't think it was really that good, but whatever. And so I went in there and we would watch it. And they would just be, like, quoting the movie, just laughing. And then, like, the next night, like, hey, what are y'all watching? It's the same movie. And they watched <laughs> it every night. But then that whole summer, as like, summer of 2012 at Jekyll, we were, like, just quoting the movie. And there's a there's a point where it's, like, uh, his like clock goes off and it's like it's uh, 9 15 let's have a great day everybody and someone says shut <laughs> up <laughs> and so we would do that at summer camp we'd be like you know in the dining hall like hey everybody uh, it's 12 45 let's have a great day and we'd all like clap and just go on we would do it's Christina <laughs> anyways I love the other guys that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today in the podcast but anyways <laughs> it does you know what is a great segue because today we're talking about it's been on my heart and mind, and so I got the the four horsemen in here to really talk about it. Is or horsewoman? I apologize. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate it's it. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Show some respect. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. You're you're really the guest. We're just we're we're here to help you out. Okay. Um, is personality and and the sense of when everybody is working either in college, because I know I have some college listeners in, in Athens, because they always message me, they're a loyal following. But we have you know, college students, we have adults, we have people who work in the professional workplace, who work in uh, schools. I know Joe Cobb's a teacher. I know Nathan works in ministry. Sarah Kate works in the business world. And so we have all these different industries where your personality is critical with the work team, but also knowing other people's personalities and how they kind of interact with each other. It's almost like a puzzle. It's a human puzzle piece. And it's complex. It's difficult sometimes to figure out because you can have highs and lows of a day. You know, you can get Ben at his best day. Then the next day something happened on the personal level and you come into the workplace and you're like, oh, who is this person? Like, that's not the mm-hmm. you know personality that I know of. And so I want to give today some tips or experiences that you've had where you've identified your personality and how like you really got to know how you work in the workplace, or even in a personal level, because I feel like all four of us connect with people. And if you're listening, if you're one of those people who like emotionally, like I'm going to befriend my coworkers. I know some people who are like, "You're a coworker. I don't talk to you eight to five. I, I respect you. You're a professional, but like that's not outside of the yeah. workplace." But some people like us, I feel like we have to really connect emotionally. So, how have you identified your own? Way before we get into other people, yeah. I mean, identifying your own personality and, and kind of just how you uh, 
engage with yourself. Um, I'd say from a spiritual standpoint, I mm-hmm. think about this stuff spiritually a lot. So I'll kind of go from that angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, There's a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality that um, uh, Peter Scorzerzo writes, uh, and it's it's just phenomenal. It's really good. But one of the things that he says is, in order to know God, you have to know yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that, um, a lot of times we kind of skip over ourselves or we skip over having to know yourself. And um, I think when you do that, it's at the detriment of not only yourself, but your spiritual self, I guess you could say, understanding who you truly are. But I think it's really important, especially um, learning how to interact with people, which we'll talk about. But you got to know yourself, um, know what has formed you. There's some stuff that um, are kind of in our genes that make us a certain way. There's stuff that we grew up with that help form our per- uh, personality, shape it, uh, different family experiences, different friends' experiences, trauma, different things that have helped shape us. And I think too often what happens is we try to emulate something we're not. And so David G. Benner talks about um, in The Gift of Being Yourself, uh, there's a, a quote that he he says, uh, and I'll butcher it a little bit, but he says, a tree is a tree and a flower will be a flower, a dog will be a dog, a cat will be a cat, but a human is the only thing that tries to be something that it's not. Mm. And he's, yeah, I know. <laughs> and he says, um, whenever we're not who we're created to be, when we're not ourselves, we rob the world of God's creation. And so it's really important to recognize that we are all unique and there are different things of how we handle conflict, how we handle uh, trauma, how we handle confusion, how we handle things. Um, and too many of us, instead of trying to, um, the past can be painful or it can just be hard to remember. It, it, it's just a difficult thing to go back and say, why do I think certain things or why does it make me feel a certain way or how does that contribute to my personality? Instead of us taking the time to really think about it and and think about how those things are and how they shaped us, a lot of times we just want to, okay, well, I just want to grow and move out of, you know, I want to have more of, you know, patience in my personality, or I want to have, or I don't want to be so quick-tempered or anything like that, but we, we can't really grow without understanding who we really are, what makes us who we really are, and under and it doesn't mean like that's just all we'll ever be. But in order to be able to grow, in order to be able to interact with others, in order to be able to understand uh, what we're really doing and kind of bring it to the forefront of our mind is we have to be able to sit in and be okay with who we are and who we aren't and what has brought us to that point and why we think those ways so we can grow and we can understand why we react or why we think or why we do certain things and understand, is this something that I was kind of, um, again, kind of like my genes, like the way I was born, maybe there's some things there, or maybe these are learned habits that we just need to be cognizant of, of like, okay, well, I grew up in a family that was very volatile, and they would just, everyone was angry, and everyone tiptoed around each other, and so that's why I don't like to be in conflict, or that's why, you know, I react a certain way, or, or those type of things, but I think in order for us to be our true selves, and in order for us to grow, we have to understand the past. We have to understand, to best we can, we have to explore it, and we have to be okay with who we are and who we aren't, or else we'll just try to emulate other people, never being our true selves and robbing the world of God's creation. Absolutely. Mm. Who wants to follow that up? Uh. <laughs> I mean, like, 
I, I 100% agree with that. Like, you know, we got to be honest with who we are. Um, I know for a long time I didn't want to accept that I'm a passive person. I was like, I'm going to force myself to be an aggressive person. I'm going to be like in this about that. But really taking that time to like, you know, spend with God because God's honest. He's very honest. He knows who we are. He knows like, I mean, he formed us before we even were even thought of in our, our parents' mind. So, like, he truly knows who we are. And it's, you know, like like Nathan just said, like, we can't run from who we are. We, we've got to kind of learn to accept that and and so that we know, like, hey, my natural tendency is this. Okay, well, I know my natural tendency is this, but is this something that's going to be helpful in the situation or hurtful in the situation? So knowing who you are, knowing who you truly can, uh, who you truly tend to be, helps you kind of know, okay, how can I best get through this situation? How can I best um, be fruitful? Um, and so just being honest and knowing, hey, okay, I know who I am. I'm confident in who I am. These are the things that I, I have been through from those situations. I know that it is forming into this person. I know that the Lord can change us. The Lord works through us to overcome those obstacles. And so it's just moving from that and knowing, okay, what's going to be helpful for this situation? Am I even going to be a person that's helpful for the situation? Okay, I know myself. I'm going to step back. Or mm-hmm. I know myself. I'm going to step into it. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, well, um, it's funny because I've been faced with the question of this a lot recently. I um, work at Chick-fil-A. And I am a part of the hiring process. And so I'm constantly evaluating personalities, seeing what personalities work, what don't in an environment like that, asking the right kinds of questions to make people self-reflective, as well as myself being self-reflective, like what kind of personality traits do I bring to the table that, you know, cultivate an environment where this is a positive experience for other people. And so this is something that I constantly think about. And it really, I mean, I feel like I... I've had this job for a very long time on and off. Um, I started working there in high school. And so it's been interesting to see the people that had known me when I first started and now, and they see how much my personality has developed over that time because you develop so much in your high school and your college mm-hmm. years and yeah. things like that. And now I'm as an adult in a leadership position at this store um, where I started as just a team member. And they're like, Sarah Kate, like when you first came in, like you were so quiet. And I still consider myself to be super introverted. Um, just because I know myself, but now that people know the real me, they're like, I don't think you're introverted. I don't think, like, there's no way you could be introverted because you're so loud and you laugh all the time. And I'm like, but, you know, I've studied personality. I kind of understand personality. And I'm like, well, just because I'm loud sometimes doesn't mean I'm not introverted. It all it all depends on where you find your energy from and things like yeah. that. So it's a really interesting topic, and I love talking to people and seeing the way that I see them and the way that other people view me versus the way that people see themselves. Yeah. I, I remember in uh, – I'm sorry, were you – Yeah, know, go okay. ahead. Okay. You're fine. Uh, I remember uh, there was – I taking the Myers-Briggs, and that yeah. was a big thing. And I always kind of scored extroverted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, Ian – it's like something I forget what my thing was. Intuitive perspective, like are you intuitive perspective, perspective, and then it was uh, feeling mm-hmm. or oh, thinker I, yeah, or yeah. judging mm-hmm. and perceiving. I was, I was a like EFNP. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah something, something like that. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, I forget what it. But I remember um, 
because I can be an extroverted person. I right. can be out there. I can do that, especially doing ministry stuff. Is that like I I I need to be and sometimes be a little bit more on or do that type of thing. Yeah. But it never really sat well with me. But then I went to lunch with Chris Davis, and there was this guy shout out to Chris who um who is an engineer by trade, and he did it for. I don't know, 30 years, but what he was really passionate about was people's personalities. So he went back to school after he retired, and he studied the Myers-Briggs for, I don't even know, four years, something, getting some sort of master's or PhD or something. Well, he moved to Dahlonega, and then he wanted to, he reached out to us, the church, and Chris and I, and was like, hey, I'd love to do like a class with your students. I think it's so important for people to know who they are, all this other stuff. Well, we ended up going to lunch with him. He just wanted to talk to us, and he gave us a little test to do stuff, and he said, um, he started to explain a lot more about it and what it right. really looks like. And so after he explained it and we took the test and he goes, I think you're more like introverted. And he took it from a place of like where you get your energy. Mm-hmm. And I found that that really resonated with me that like I feel so drained. Like there are certain people that I can be around and feel energized, but where I really feel like I, I am able to rest and I'm able to get my energy from is spending some time alone or just reflecting. And, and it mm-hmm. really helped shift what I had been, you know, thinking or been taught or all those type of things. And so it is really interesting to see how understanding your personality and those tests, Myers-Briggs, I don't know much about the... Um, the Enneagram? Enneagram. Mm-hmm. I've read, uh, I had Stephanie Gaines one time, we had to go pick up a missions team. Stephanie Gaines works at um, Camp Wilson, but she like... The whole way down. Huge listener in the podcast, too. <laughs> yeah. And she she's like heavy into the Enneagram, like uber heavy into it. Mm. And she was trying to explain the personalities and like all this stuff. And she's trying to like, I think you're a seven wing nine or something. I don't even know. I'm like, I don't even know what this means. But I did that to Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told him he was a seven. He's not. <laughs> I, I have no well, idea. When I, when I took the Enneagram, and if you are <laughs> listeners, you know, there's different, there's nine and each one has a different personality mm-hmm. attached mm-hmm. to it. And like today, Emma Woodall, shout out to Emma. She doesn't listen to this, but um, <laughs> Emma, you need to listen yeah, to it. She so we took hers because she never did it, and it's like six pages. Maybe it's the free version, mm-hmm. but it was like each page had like twenty something like questions, and like you filled it. Yeah. So it was you know one hundred twenty something questions survey. And she was a peacemaker. It was a number yeah, nine. Yeah, I could see her being a nine. And she thinks Hannah's a two. And then on the on the website, you can go. Um, how they match with other numbers. So mm-hmm. if you're like a seven, you're like, how do I deal with nines? It'll tell you how you do well. And then also it'll tell you how you um, are like others, but different. So she went to nine to two because she believes nines Hannah's and a two. Nines are very similar. They're very similar, but there's some, some distinct differences mm-hmm. and it told you what the differences were. So it was kind of cool how it yeah. broke it down. I think I'm a seven, which is the enthusiast. But when I took it I the first time, it was a three, which was the achiever. I was like, Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I don't know. And I think it may be because of the role that I'm in right now, because I'm the director of, you know, of a student ministry and there's a lot of students, there's a lot of pressure to perform and do things. And so and I'm in school. Mm-hmm. And so there's like kind of like this mindset of like I have to achieve. Like I have to succeed. Yeah. And then and there's some other things with it because I'm a three wing two, which is called the charmer. Which mm, you know, describes, that. describes me perfectly. He just Anyone charmed. That knows ben, he just know? charmed that we got Moe's before this, and he just charmed the mess out of the girl at Moe's oh just to get boy. extra food. Oh I mean, Dude. she's like, "What do you want?" He's like, "How's your day been before?" Oh. And let me tell you, she loaded us up, and oh, the whole time yes. he goes, he goes, "Watch 
this, watch this. And then he would just do it. And then she, he charmed the mess out of her. And she's like, oh, you know, I've been here since two, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I don't, what, what's that? I don't know the name of that. Ha, 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 ha. And oh, my God. He, he always, is a charmer. He always has like open-ended questions and it helps him out. Because here's the thing. Because when I went to Moe's for when I was on the keto, because it has a keto, you can do keto meals at Moe's. And most places you can't. So I went to Moe's a lot. And when I went to like Dawson Moe's, they didn't give you like anything, and it was like, ugh. But when I went to Delongamos, I started knowing their names. I'd be like, like today, I was like, girl, how's your day been? And she was like, it's been a, it's been a long day. And like, you know, usually, you go, oh, okay, boom, people like stop talking. I go, girl, we've all been there. You just got to take it one day at a time. Oh my gosh! And she was like, yeah, you're right. I got to take it one day at a time. Everything, um, everything. And I was like, she was like, what beans? Like. Those black beans look pretty good, don't they? She's like, yeah, you want more beans? She gave me, and then this is how you know it's good. Because they have to give you one scoop of meat, right? That's the that's the rule, one scoop of meat. She gave me two scoops. Two mm. scoops, and they were like full scoops, too. She's loading so. up. He's like, you know, because they just started doing these potatoes that they cut up. I don't know. I haven't had them. But I was like, I know the last time we went to Moe's. That guy who's, who is a regular Moe's employee. Yeah. Always hook us up. Yeah, and he, well, last time we went, he got, Ben got the potatoes, and so I was just asking him, like, are they good or whatever? And then he's like, yeah, they were pretty good. And then he's, like, talking to the girl. He's like, are the are the potatoes extra? And, they got, and she goes, well, they're technically supposed to be, but I could throw a few on there, and they, they won't charge you for that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Ben oh is just smooching over there. Oh, man, and I know the guac is free, but I always ask. <laughs> it comes. It comes with a home record burrito. Okay. <laughs> it comes with that meal. Yeah. Because uh, I get the bowl. You'd have thought he won a million dollars. He's like, it's a home record. The guac comes with it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it does. And he was like, oh yeah. It's like all excited. <laughs> oh, and then she got like a bunch of guac on there and put it on. It. Mm. But here's the thing, though. You know why I do that? Because what happened in the cash register? A different person. He was going to charge me extra with guac, and I and I went. But I thought the home record came with guac. He goes. Oh, yeah, it does, it does. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Boom, save me $1.09. Anyways, this has nothing to so do with what we're talking fake. about. Yes, and he was, he was <laughs> oh even the God. guy I working, yes. even the guy working the cash register was like, you want chips? And Ben's like, oh, they call me. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, give me, give me, give me a bunch of chips. They call me the chi- the chip magnet. <laughs> I was like, what does they mean? The guy goes, I got you. And I'm like, what is he doing? Because <laughs> it's like chick magnet, but it's chip magnet. And the dude gave me so many chips. <laughs> he gave me so many chips. Here's the thing. Because I have, I have some people who would look at that and like say you're fake or like whatever. But let's be honest. That person But is- here's the thing. That is your personality. And that's what's and it's not it's not like your your personality is to be a faker or anything. That's who you are is that you're genuinely like talkative, caring like you when you're yes, you were you were trying to get a little extra food, but you actually would do that even if you weren't getting extra food. Like that's just who you are. That's and true. that's the thing that's important to know how you operate and who you are is because people can smell fake. People can tell when people aren't being genuine. But if that's who you really are, 
people just like the guy that's normally at Moe's. Mm-hmm. That's if y'all been in the Delonga Moe's, he's got the, the longer hair. Mm. He's a very talkative person, right? But he—that's he, just who he is. Like if you know, like he's just being genuinely who he is. I feel like he does that when he's checking out some, like at Walmart or he's talking to. Like that's just who he is, right? And there's something about that when you're talking about personalities that's important to know because that's how you operate. That's just who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And I always thought too, when I had those interactions, like that, that lady today, that was the the person giving us our food is she made, I don't know her situation. I don't know what her day has been like. I've had rough days and she's probably like, that guy was pretty funny. You know, maybe she won't consciously go like, he's the most hilarious person in the world. But like of all the customers she's had, how many customers asked her how her day was? Very few. I can speak mm. from experience. Yeah, very few. <laughs> you know? And so it's like, if you have an opportunity to be like a light or a shine to someone, then do it. And I talk about this in my ministry with the youth is I'm always about radical hospitality, being welcoming. And it goes back to when I was in eighth grade. I was uh, in 4-H. Shout out to my 4-H peeps. And I was an officer, and I had to go to Rock Eagle for this event. And I was the only person from my county, so my mom had to drive me. I didn't ride with, like, you know, the Lubbock County 4-H'ers. And she drives me, and I'm nervous because I didn't, I didn't feel like I knew anybody there. Like, I knew some, but not a whole lot. And it's, like, maybe 800 people there. It's a lot of people. And I remember getting out of the car, and these other officers that I, I kind of knew went, Ben! And just, like, yelled my name. And just swarmed me and gave me a bunch of hugs to help me with my furniture, like my uh, my luggage, like help me move the cabin, like. And I was in middle school, and I remember, and I can still remember how that made me feel like this is my tribe, this is who I want to be with. Yeah. And so that energy of like always trying to be welcoming, where like you have a name, you have a purpose, and you belong with us. You may only be here for a little while. You may only be here one time. You know, whatever it may be, but when your experience is here, I hope when you go off into your next thing, you went, man, I really felt welcomed. Yeah. And so that's what I, my personality, I try to emulate that as much as like, I don't know who these people are, how they're going to receive it. Some people are, you know, a little more challenging than others. Some people really love it and are receptive to it, but I'm just going to be authentic to who I am and try to be as welcoming, loving, bubbly personality as I can, still be an achiever. But also, like, mm-hmm. that's where the enthusiast kind of comes in conflict because yeah. enthusiast is very similar to that. Yeah. Anyways. Threes and sevens are very similar. Um, but I do think that you do that very, very well, and I've told you that before. But every day, uh, I help Ben with youth on Sundays and Wednesdays. She's the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for a long time, and so he probably has seen more of my personality than anybody else in this room. But um, he literally will see a kid in the parking lot, and start screaming their name or talk about some like he always has something to say to somebody and he's really intentional about doing that so i think that that one experience is taking you so far and it's evident that that made an impact on you and you want to have that same impact on other people i don't know if you remember one of the first things i told you when you and michaela started working is a certain word and it's consistency Mm -hmm. and i said when you're working in a youth ministry or you know college ministry or even being a school teacher joe cobb knows this when you're trying to be someone for somebody, maybe this is a good segue about others' personalities, is 
being consistently there for them, mm-hmm. being someone who's going to go, hey, I'm care about you on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday. So there's nothing worse than going and having a really intimate, you know, relationship and you're building it and then you go, deuces, I'm out. Right. You know, and yeah. so when I was, you know, the middle school guy at there until today, you know, the or yesterday at Bible study, I'm still seeing Sarah Kate going, what's up, Sarah Kate? Mm-hmm. From day one to now. And I think, you know, when you're looking at these other personalities, how can you be consistent? How can you be someone who is attuned to who they are and and how they operate? How can you be supportive? How can you, like, do you have any stories about that, like, in your own personal of, like, man, this personality was rough, but we got through it and we, like, made common ground? Or do you have, like, some, like, ways that you personally connect with people? Yeah, I think there's all sorts of, I mean... The uh, and I think the thing is what what works. It kind of like what you're saying is being consistent. None of us are parents here that I do believe. Uh, Joe, maybe Joe. <laughs> no, no, nah, nah. no, no. Not that we know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll edit that but, out. We'll yeah, we'll edit that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, shout out, shout out to the twins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go to bed. It's past your bedtime. Um, the they. I've always heard someone say that. Being like eighty percent of being a parent is just being there, and I think that can be true for a lot of things. Is being there for people, just like you said, is that it, being consistent and just being there with people. You don't have to have the right words or the right things to say or give the most perfect advice, but just to be there, listen to people, talk to people. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to personalities, is that like um, there's sometimes like what Ben's talking about that I've been able to be like, how's your day or how's this or how's that? But my personality is just not as naturally extroverted. The, the danger is that we see what other people are and we try to be that. Yeah. Now, there's a difference in being hospitable and getting outside of your personality and doing that, but I've, I've encountered people that are youth pastors or whatever, all these things, but they put on a... It, it feels like a show. It feels like something that they're not, and instead of it being something that's welcoming and inviting, it actually is a little off-putting because I'm like, is this really who they are? For someone like Ben or that guy that works at Moe's, that's who they are. And so it doesn't ever feel like, is this real or is this fake? And so I know some, I've experienced, you know, some youth pastors where it's like, I'm going to be the cool extroverted guy and I'm going to do this. And it's like, that's not who they really are. And they may be consistent with it, but it's never, again, there's a difference in extending yourself and trying to get outside of your comfort zone. But then there's a difference in being someone that you're not who you are. And so when you're interacting with other people is that I, I know sometimes um, it can be hard. Like I work uh, with a guy who is very different than me personality in some ways. And he's a little bit more softer, soft-spoken. And he's in, he's not the guy that's going to just be like a Ben Mayfield that should on a car and be like, everybody get ready. Like, let's, we're going to do something crazy. But... Um, <laughs> Like he's a little bit, and so you can, what happens is when you work with people is that you feel like there are some personalities that work better or for a certain position. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that sometimes we try to make people fit a mold and think that they have to be a certain way, Mm -hmm. which one can bring them, especially in a workplace, can bring them to a place of feeling burnt out or can feel like they're, they're not being able to do who they want to be or, or who they're made to be or who they are. And then they start comparing themselves and feeling like they have to be something they're not. But when you're working with people and when you're living life with people and you are in relationships with people, 
everybody's bringing a different perspective and a different personality. And so to understand them and why they handle conflict a certain way or why they run away from it or why they, you know, maybe they get overwhelmed and instead of being a verbal processor, they've got to sit back and take, you know, a couple hours or a day or two to think through it where I may be the type of person that needs to, or whoever's listening, maybe the type of person that needs to talk about it immediately, Mm -hmm. but someone else may not, that's not how they work. And so in order to engage with people well, one, consistency is big, just being there with people, but two, understanding who they are and like, uh, especially coming from the corporate world or teachers, I would imagine, is that in order to work with them well, getting to know them and why they mm-hmm. tick and know that there's something more, like they're not just a quiet kid being a jerk in class. Maybe they got other things that have been shaping them or that are shaping them mm-hmm. that makes them mm-hmm. act a certain way or being in the corporate world where you've got people who may have gone to school, didn't go to school, may have parents, don't have parents, all these different backgrounds is understanding that we're all coming with a story and all sorts of stuff that is contributing to our personality and helping them realize who they are, not making them be something they're not. Again, it's good to get out of the comfort zone and do some things that may be a little uncomfortable at times, like saying, how are you, or whatever those things are, but helping them realize who they are then they can be more suited for the things that they are doing. Now, it, it is difficult to do that sometimes. Cause, it's very difficult. Because yeah. like for me, I am pretty confident in who I am, and I'll say what I, what I want to say. But I'm also this weird, the, the achiever aspect of it is I'm in a workplace that I know that I'm going to be in for a good bit of time, and I don't want to rock the boat strategically. You know, like, I yeah. don't want to, you know, if I say, hey, Nathan, I'm calling you out because of this behavior, which I know is not godly, like, I want you to be better, it makes the work environment now maybe hostile. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want to be called out. Maybe they, they don't want to hear what you have to say. And now they want to look at you. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll look at you, what your problems are. And now it's like, man, now i got to work with this person. And it's now going to be rocky. Well, you got to... So uh, it can be difficult how to navigate some of those personalities. This is kind of a different side note, but you can only go as far as the bridge is built. So you can't... If you don't know somebody and you... Someone like... If Joe Cop doesn't know me at all and he comes up to me and he says, you need to do it this way, this way, my first thing is, who Mm -hmm. the heck are you and get away from me and I don't want to talk to you. But if if we have a deep friendship or even if it's not like a deep friendship, but a, a mutual respect that only goes over time... Then you can say some of those things. But I got a story about a guy's personality that was in the um, college ministry that I work for. And he has a hat. Well, he's still alive, so he still has this. But at the, this this experience... R.I.P., man. We miss yeah, R.I.P. So Sorry, bro. Uh, but he he's still this way. But in this moment, he is a very... Um, he is very... He's very determined. He's... I don't know what his Enneagram is or anything, but he he can speak and people listen. And so there was a time that I was trying to get our leadership team to take some ownership in like, hey, think about uh, what do y'all want this to look like? I forget exactly what it was. And I wanted to give them time to say some things and to, you know, figure out what we feel like God's calling us to. Well, pretty quick, this guy said something and everyone else was just kind of like, yeah, that sounds good. Sounds yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember afterwards we had a conversation and I was I, I basically I told him I said, Hey, you gotta recognize who you are 
and recognize that it's good that God has given you the ability that people want to follow you and that people want that listen to your voice and go like towards it. But especially in ministry and in whatever you're at, is there's you got to be careful not just to um, take over every situation you're in. You have to be able to use what you have to empower other people, to build them up, to let them start hearing things. And and it, it was one of those things that I hope was kind of a teaching moment that just because you have that position or you have that personality to do that, use that for something other than your own good or other than trying to get what you want done. Mm-hmm. Like give that time for people, like use that for an opportunity to bring stuff out of people. And that's why it's good, one, to recognize your own personality, but two, in order to work well with people, you have to understand that everybody's personality is different. And so just because they don't react the same way you do, and it may make you frustrated because it's like, why don't you, you know, working with some college students, they don't want to be on the front line, like greeting every person coming in and being, you know, ultra, you know, out there and enthusiastic and all that. Again, a certain point of pushing outside of your comfort zone is good, but I don't want to push them so far that they feel like they're having to be someone they're not. And so... How do you empower people, get them out of a comfort zone, but then let them grow in their personality and know that, because then you get a lot of comparison where I'm not like that. I wish I was like that. I need to be more like, and it's like, no, no, you were created how you were for a very great purpose. So you got to see that and call that out in them and and help grow them in that and say, hey, that's good that you're like that. And and there's just a bunch of different things that way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Is that okay, Joe? You got anything? I mean, go ahead. I mean, there's like kind of like two levels because like we're all in like I guess we could say the service industry. Like ministry is in in sense, mm, come on, a service industry. Preach it, brother. And like you know, I'm 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 a teacher and I, I teach kids and again that's a service. And Jesus is sure. called rabbi. We're in the people business. We're in the people, the people business. The people business. Yeah. It's so like you. in the people business, there's almost like two levels. There's like the leadership who's serving. So you have that that group of relationships. And with that group, again, like going back to what Nathan's saying, like you've got to know each other. You've got to have a relationship. Because honestly, like I don't see a situation when you're in the people business where if you don't have a relationship with your fellow leaders, it working well. Right. Like you've got to be coherent. Like I at my at my school, I'm on a team. I've got I'm a math teacher. I've got three other teachers I teach with. We've got to be a team because we've got a whole group of kids that we've got to love on and grow into the next generation of America. Um, just like, you know, in ministry, I was also in ministry for a long time. Well, long's relative. Um, but <laughs> a couple of years. Anyways, um, but just like, you know, you got to be together. And you, like, there's three of us that are together and we, we know each other. And like, you know, you think about, 1 Corinthians 12, where it's like we each got spiritual gifts. We're all part of a body. You know, I'm not meant to be an eyeball if I'm a toe. I mean, that just doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, who's got toes in their eyes? <laughs> or eyes in their toes. Or eyes in hey, their toes. Hey, look at that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, we've got to... That's where that seven yeah. wing nine thing works. It's yeah. like eyeball, wing, toe type thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got toenails over my yeah. eyes or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... It's a Halloween edition episode, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Spooky season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Joe and Sarah Kate are on the same, same frequency. Yep. 
But yeah, yeah. So you got to have that co- uh, coherency, that that relationship. So like, if I wasn't good with my coworkers, and like, you know, we're people, so not everybody's great with everybody. It it hurts the group. Like we have one teacher. I'm not gonna call her out, but I'm kind of calling her out. <laughs> Big Say listener, big <laughs> listener to the Dude, podcast. Yesterday at the Bible study, and I don't they don't listen. This is fine. Um, this kid was like, I have a teacher that's like da da da, and another student was like, What's the teacher's name? And I was like, Hey, we're not gonna call anybody out. And she goes, I wasn't trying to call her out. I just want to know her name. I just want to know her name. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're all like, like, That's the definition <laughs> of a call out. And she got mad. She was like, "That's not a call out." And like, literally, like, and then she looked for affirmation with the circle, everybody was like, and everybody was like. Yeah, 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 you're wrong. That's, definitely, that's <laughs> literally the definition. And then later on, she was like, I mean, I guess it was, but I wasn't trying to. And I was like, yes, that's literally, like, what, what are you doing? Like, yes. I don't know if you picked up on yeah, that. because yeah, I was like, that was really funny. I was like. Because like, I'm not, we're not here. Because that happened one time when they were like, wanting to gossip about like a, a teacher that got fired. And I was like, all right, hey, this is not what this There's is about. There's one unexpected yeah. kid that always likes to stir the pot. Yeah. <laughs> like, you weren't expected from him, but he always wants to know. He's like, what's his name? <laughs> Tell me right now. It's really funny. Yeah, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to good yeah. job. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> what I was heading towards is just, <laughs> you know, when when the, when there's not coherency in the, the leadership team, it, it only hurts the people you're serving. It only hurts, like, the, the group of kids that you're serving or the the people you're serving the Lord's chicken to or, like, you know, the, the college group that you're, you're ministering or the high schoolers or wh- whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it, it hurts the group, and it, it, there's an importance of we've got to do this together. We've got to recognize it, like, hey, I know that I'm – going to be more relational with the kids in the sense of like I'm going to be on the one-on-ones while mm-hmm. another teacher is going to be more firm, more disciplined with them. And you, it's just finding that balance of like, what do we do? How do we work together for this common good? And that's yeah. like that that top level. And then there's like, that's the relationships of like working with your coworkers. And then you've got the relationships and the, the personalities and knowing how to deal with the people who you serve and knowing like having to like almost have that instant sense of like, oh, this is your personality, but also giving them a little grace to say, like, maybe this is just a first impression kind of deal. And so, like, for me, like, I have kids that are wild. I have this one that just comes to mind immediately. He is wild off the chain in class, just always got to be doing something, always stirring the pot, always saying something. But he's smart. He's really smart. And so, like, seeing that and knowing that and knowing that people are watching him, listening to him, it gives me the insight to say like, hey, okay, this kid's wild. He's off the chain. People listen to him. Okay, but one day he's going to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And so taking the time then with the people that you serve and the people that you interact with, taking the time to really like build that relationship. And so like, for example, I pull him out in the hallway, not daily, but just on the reg, just to have a conversation of like, hey, people listen to you. Like whether you want them to or not, they're listening to you and, and you know, one day I really think that you're going to be a leader and you're smart and you have the capabilities to do that. And and just him hearing that and him knowing that, like, hey, somebody's watching me, someone's serving me, someone's seeing my personality. And, like, I teach eighth grade, so their personalities are forming. This is That's the time when they need to know, like, hey, like, this is something I need to walk into. Hey, this is not something I want to walk into. And so for him to hear, like, you're going to be a leader, you have the ability to impact others and lead others it changed his whole like perception and like so when we have those conversations and those reminders he then comes from the 
let me not be so distracting, but let me kind of like push others to be better, to help others. And it's it's just interesting to like, you know, you have that top level of like, or not top, but like your your coworker level. Right. You need that relationship to serve those kids. And then you need the next level where you're serving to say like, hey, let me call your personalities out. Let me build that. We, uh, we we called it, I know Sarah Kate, I haven't let you talk. So, but I just want to re- remind, we talked about this in, in our youth group, is everybody needs a Paul in their life, which mm, is a mentor, mm. someone that can pour into you. And then everybody needs a Barnabas. A Barnabas is someone mm. that you're co with, you know, somebody that you're living life with, someone that you can talk to. And then everybody needs a Timothy, someone that you're pouring into, mm. you know, because Timothy was Paul's student. Yeah. It, and it's, so, it's, pro- it's pronounced Timothy. Timothy, Timothy, that was the Timothy. <laughs> that's how that's how they said it in the Greek. Oh, Timothy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, in the American version, which adds a little bit of freedom up into it, it's called Timothy. Um, Timothy, does that make you feel better? Jeez, nerd. It does. Thank you. I have an MDiv degree. I'm so smart now. Master Dickens. Yeah. It's it. I have no. I just wanted to say that. Oh, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> but to the, to the point though, it's like what you were saying. Like, there's like different mm-hmm. levels to like you know personality. Like people that are pouring into you, your co, and then people you're pouring into, and it's like a cycle. Um, mm. Did you want to? Yeah, I mean, I think the word that's coming up in my head a lot is empathy. And Mm -hmm. the way that, I mean, I'm a two on the Enneagram, and that's the helper. And they're, like, empathetic to a fault. Like, if someone's crying in a movie, I start crying because I can take on their emotions. (laughs) Like, it's ridiculous the amount of movies that I've cried in. But, like... I well, think, what's the most ridiculous movie you cried uh, in? Hannah Montana movie. Don't worry <laughs> <Ooh, laughs> <Okay. laughs> In the theater? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And so every time I watch it, I cry. It's just like, you know, she's like giving up such a significant part of her life. Like, this is yeah, like... you're so right. Yeah, it's, it's emotional. Okay? Anyways. Um, it was downhill after that, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like a wrecking some, ball. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But I feel uh, like being empathetic... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Okay, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. Very no. empathetic. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very empathetic and... I feel like the beginning of my relationships and the way that I like to use aspects of my personalities that I've come accustomed to is by, you know, putting myself in the person's shoes. And so, like, in the youth setting, like, I'm like, I know what it feels like to be new. I know what it feels like to be the girl in the friend group that wasn't invited to the weekend. I know what it's like to not get asked to the dance. I know... So that helps me relate to the kids because I can kind of like I had a conversation with one of the kids this week and she was like, well, I'm invited to this thing, but there's two girls in our friend group that aren't invited and I really just don't know like what to do. Like that makes me feel bad. I was like, well, the reason you feel bad is because you know what it feels to be those two girls that didn't get invited. Mm-hmm. So she's like, how do I how do I get around it? And so I feel like the relationship that you establish with people allows you to be empathetic and it allows you to use the the aspects of your personality that you can really drive home and help other people with i feel like there's mm. areas that i'm definitely weak in um and i think that there's always room for growth in those areas and i really am aware of my weaknesses <laughs> but i feel like you know empathy is something that it's really strong for me and so that's a lot of how i operate with people 
I remember a story from um, work a few weeks ago. This kid was, like, talking about a girl that used to work with us, and he was like, I never liked her. And I just like, you know, like, I had a good relationship with her. I don't see why you didn't like her. And he was like, well, she always told me what to do, and she never got to know me. And I was like, kind of what y'all were saying, like, she never took the time to get to know this person, so everything that she said, whether it was well-intended or not, didn't land. Was the enemy. Mm. Right. And so he was like, you could ask me to do the exact same thing in the exact same way, and I'd do it for you, but not for her, because you've taken the time to get to know me. So I feel like anytime we want to have any kind of influence or any kind of, you know, we need to first establish that relationship in order to do that. How old was that employee, the the one that you're talking about, the guy that had the problem? Like when the problem happened or now? Or when the problem happened. He was probably in high school. Because I wonder if some of that, too, is like, but the system. I, I, I agree, like, you should get yeah, to know we're them. Yeah, we're only two years older than this kid, and so, yeah. like, she was kind of in leadership over him. So that kind of rubs people the wrong way, like, because yeah, we have a lot of kids. Like, I had to swallow my pride when I would come back from college and high schoolers would be my boss at Chick-fil-A, you know? Yeah, like, I had to get over that real quick because that was getting in the way of a lot. Like, I just was, like, I would get so irritated when a high schooler was like, well, I really need you to go do this. And I was like... Does this girl know who I am? Yeah, like yeah. I've been I, here. Does the she whole know time. me? Yeah, <laughs> like, I am Sarah Kate. <laughs> I am a legend. I got hired. Say this my day name. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say all these things. My name. And I like have to have this conversation all the time. And I'm just like, you just gotta like let go of your pride because like we're all here working towards the same goal, and it can easily rub you the wrong way if you let it. So that was a part of my personality that I had to let go. Have of. you ever had like someone that you don't like, and you go, "Thank you." So they have to look at you and go, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Um, so I've gotten really good at hiding my frustration. I, like, talk to people every single day. They're like, Sarah Kate, like, we know, like, when you're kind of frustrated because you're quiet, but nobody ever knows who I'm frustrated with, nor do they know why I'm frustrated, and I get over it super fast. And I do that on purpose because it can be really, like, the second you're yeah. frustrated, they're like, who did what to you? No, 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 no. It can just spiral, and I don't want to be a part of the gossip like we were talking about last night. Yeah. It's like you don't want to be that potster, the person that, you know, is always gossiping or wants to put people on the inside circle to make them feel important, or you don't want to be in the inside circle. It shocks people when you're like, I just don't want to gossip or I don't want to know about that. Mm-hmm. But that's it. I think that in a workplace and in a place where you are in leadership, it's really important to establish those, le- those relationships because that's where you're going to find the most influence. I've, I can think about, so being like, kind of like, the, and I had to entertain a little bit, you know, with, <laughs> with with personality and stuff. And I remember when I was a summer camp counselor with 4-H, shout out to my 4-H peeps, rocked it. Small camp counselor, like, was beloved by the kids, and I, like, did a great job. And then eventually my last summer, uh, or one of my last summers, I got to be Papa Bear, which was, like, the leadership counselor and my role changed significantly. Like, I wasn't with a family group. I wasn't with the kids. Like, I mean, I was, I was still at like, the head, and the kids were, like, all loved me and stuff. And they would compete for, the, like, the pot of gold. Uh, it was like a hillbilly thing, not a, not a leprechaun <laughs> thing. <laughs> not an Irish thing. Um, but, but I struggled with, like, changing my role. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I want to be the entertainer. And I was... And... When you're a counselor, there's a little bit of bond where we're not the the man, we're not the hierarchy. And then I became the man, like you know, the lead counselor. And I was like, oh, like, but I'm like a cool counselor. I'm a cool leader. And there was a couple of times where like I would be in my office, 
having to do like you know like you know, assignments like bus charts or family group assignments or I'm emailing a county or something, and I was like I'm. Am I being a bad like leader right now? Because like I'm not with the kids, and like it changed, and I struggled a lot with it. And so one of the lessons, I guess, that's kind of like an inner personality, but also I felt like I was hurting the people I was with, or they were judging me. So little insecurities there. But what's been really cool now with my current job is I've I've had the maturity and time to go. Ben Mayfield has strengths and Ben Mayfield has weaknesses. Like I know I have weaknesses, and I'm not trying to hide them. I'm not trying to make excuses for them. I know that they're weaknesses. I don't. That's not the same thing as excuses. Yeah. And you go, well, I'm not really good. I'm not really good at that. That's my weakness. I didn't do it. But I know there's weaknesses, and so I put people to help me with those situations, like um, Susan Payne, Ann Teasley, Mary Beth Woodall, like all these, uh, Chris Woodall, like Ryan Payne, all these families that are part of the youth. Yeah. I go listen on Rad Sab weekend which is our, like our big Super Bowl retreat. Like all the kids love it. Like I'm trying to build relationships. I'm trying to, to do the message. I'm trying to help make sure worship goes on correctly, like doing all these things. I need you to help me um, make sure that the, the meal is prepped or, or I need you to help me get this done or make sure that the kids are moved to one situation to the other. Like yeah. I need y'all to help me with the back of the scenes because I will let that all fall through. You know, but then there's some people who are like, really, uh, that's what they strive at. And so identifying people who can help you is important, too. Like making yeah. sure that mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a tribe, once again, and not just like by yourself. But I struggled with going, I have weaknesses, so therefore I'm a failure. Like, well, I don't that's know if you ever felt like that. That's where I forget. Um, uh, the Bible. No. Well, yeah, but uh, yes. it was either it was either I think it was either crucial accountability or something else. I think they like the people that do like the Gallup polls stuff. Mm-hmm. That anyways, they one of the things that they had um, they interviewed a bunch of Fortune 500 companies, like the CEOs and CFOs, and asked like, what has been crucial in getting you to this point of crazy success? And one of the things they talked about was that. Um, they they did in a I forget who it was did a uh, they did an experiment and they took kids who were they took two group of kids one group of kids that weren't good at speed reading and the other group of kids that were good at speed reading and they put them in a class with the same teacher same lecture same everything the kids that weren't good at speed reading initially <clears throat> they did better speed reading. Like they, they, they performed a lot better after this class, all this, this other stuff, but it was by a marginal, you know, six, like marginal amount. The kids that were extremely already good at speed reading, they went through the same class with the same professor, same thing, and they came out and they grew exponentially better at what they were doing. And so one of the things that they realized, and they interviewed all these Fortune 500 CEOs and CFOs and stuff, what they said they did was they didn't just neglect their, like, okay, I'm just weak here, so I'm not even going to try to get better or do all that. But what they found is that where your areas are weakest, if you, like, okay, you know where you're strong, you know where you're weak, if you just try to work on your weakness, you may get better at that but it'll only be by marginally better. But if you work it where you are already suited and you work to like be better at that craft, you'll find an exponential like growth in what you do there. So just like you said, is these CEOs and CFOs, what they did was they continued to work well at crafting what they were good at. 
And where they were weak at, they tried to find people whose personalities and who were better at those things than them. They would put them in these places of leadership to take on those areas, and they were able to grow better in those areas instead of working so hard to get better at their weakness. Now, again, you got to think about personality, and we're talking about growing a you know a Fortune 500 company and all that, but there is something that I think you can take in there in saying recognizing your weaknesses, recognizing your strengths, recognizing your personality and your personality traits, where those all go, and find people that may be stronger in you in those areas that can help you with those things, that can help grow either a ministry or a company or uh, a teaching crew, and y'all can work together and and make something a lot better than what it would be if you tried to handle it all or just try to grow your weakness type thing. So there is a lot of truth yeah. in that and a lot of helpfulness in that, and it all swings back to understanding your personality, who you are, who you aren't, and again, not just throwing up your hands like, I'm just not an empathetic person, so I'm not going to try to grow in empathy. I think there's a lot of spiritual spirituality that helps with that, and, and I think we can grow in those things. But if we can recognize those things and who we are, again, we can grow into healthier people, and we can also empower people to, to help us where we're weak to grow and do other things. Yeah. Yeah, my last job before the coronavirus, I worked as an admin assistant at a church, and that was not my strength. (laughs) (laughs) I hated it. It was just so draining for me because it wasn't what excited me. It wasn't. It was very challenging, and I'm thankful for that experience because now it helps me do the job that I have. But I had a boss that, you know, wanted me to fit in this mold that she had intended for an admin person. She wanted someone to sit at the desk, do the work, go home. But being in ministry and my dad being in ministry, my life being part of ministry, I wanted to be relational. And so I made every little bit of my job that I could relational and it made, it drove her crazy. She was like, Sarah Kate, you just talk to everyone. You know everybody's name. And I was like, I just can't help it. I can't help it. But now I'm in a job that's suited for me. And my boss yesterday literally sat me down. He was like, you're not just the director of training. You're the director of everybody in the store. You're the director of people. And I was like, it's amazing to see how I did a year as an admin assistant. And every single day was frustrating. Every single day I felt drained. Every single day I was living in a weak area of my life that I was trying to, you know, grow and shape and get those skills better and matured but now I'm in a job where I excel because those are better suited to my skills and my strengths and my passions so it's just like I walked into this job and I didn't really know what I was doing but it's just like I have the natural ability to connect with people and I get to do that every day now whereas in my other job which wasn't (laughs) suited for me I'm thankful for it again but it just wasn't suited for me and it was it was not helpful for anyone involved because yeah, I was a- right. operating in a way that was out of my weaknesses and everybody else, I was pulling down everybody else by doing that. And that's that's something that in that, that book that I was talking about, when they interviewed people, they talked about how um, it whenever you operate completely out of your weakness, it drains you. Yeah. But when you walk, when you operate out of something you're strong at, it does feel empowering. You right. can get better at it. And it's something that you know, if you're trying to build a team or you're trying to work in something and for longevity's sake, you'll get drained really quick mm-hmm. um, if, if you're working out of the weakness. So find something that, that you can work out of your strengths. And just one other quick thing, um, in that book they talked about, this kind of relates a lot to understanding people's personalities and how to work well. 
they they go and they do these um, uh, seminars at different places like jobs, uh, different like offices will hire them to come do a crucial accountability. This is the book that they talked about. I think Gallup did it. But they went to a vet office, <clears throat> a veterinary office, and they interviewed the team. How happy are you? Like, what are you doing? Like, all these different types of things. And one of the things uh, the head vet was talking about one of their, she was like a, the newest employee, kind of like an intern type thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, what do you think uh, her, like, how do you see her on the team? And he said, she's the best, like, vet tech or intern or whatever we've ever had. But she, for the past two years, have been absolutely miserable there because she didn't know that she was valued. Oh, and so he was the type of guy, his personality is, do, do a good job. You never hear from your superiors, you're doing a great job. You don't need affirmation. I don't need affirmation. I'm going to do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. But she needed some affirmation of like, am I doing a good job? I don't know. Like she was li- kind of living in this personal hell because every day she didn't know if she was doing good or if she was doing bad. Mm-hmm. So they came to this, they were talking in person and they, they asked him, like, with everyone there, like, how is she doing? And he was like, she's the best we've ever had. And she never heard that. Well, after that, they had talked about all these things, and they said, do you think it would be good if maybe you would remind her from time to time that she's doing a good job? Well, his natural thing was his personality said, <clears throat> well, if I just remind her, especially now that you've told me, she's going to feel like it's fake because you're, you're telling me I need to do it. And they asked her in front of him, because they were all together, like, if he was to text you once a week or just say something to you once a week, like, hey, you're doing a good job, would that feel fake? And she said no. Mm -hmm. So about six months later, after they did this seminar, they reached back out to him. And what he had done, because his natural personality, again, isn't to remind people to do that, or, or he's not that type of guy. You just do your work, and if you don't hear anything, you're doing good. So he set a reminder on his phone every Tuesday at 9 a.m. or something, and it would say, you know, text this person, tell them that they're doing a great job. And so he started doing that, and he reached out back to Gallup to tell them, this was six months after the seminar, because he had started doing that, she was happier, she was doing even better than what she was doing, and she even said that she now feels like she loves her job, where she was doing it because she needed experience and all that, but she hated it. Now she felt like she was a part of the team. She was doing really good. And so the whole thing is, is understanding people's personalities. I may not need all that affirmation, but someone else may. And because I'm weak in that area, I may not give the affirmation what they need, even though they're doing a good job. So being able to do that, you can, you can help empower, but you can also make a better work space. You can just make it better for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so important to, to know all that. It'd be really funny if the text message was like, Employee number 642, you did a great job today. Yeah. I will remind you next week that you did a great job. Oh, thanks. My boss is so Thanks, cool. sweet. My boss is so cool. Automated messages. Uh, we actually had to wrap this up because we've, we've been talking a lot about personality, and it's been incredibly, and it's awesome. It's very insightful. We didn't get to some of our other points, but maybe we'll do another episode soon. But as you all know, we like to end our episodes on the Nugget of Wisdom segment which is just you know a little piece of wisdom, a little nugget of what the people can chew on, uh, that they can uh, think about. Maybe it's uh, something that's been recent on your mind or in your heart, or maybe it's something from this episode. Um, so we're going to do a little nugget of wisdom. We'll start with Joka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know, my heart's just with, with where we're talking about today with personality and, and just 
you know, if you haven't done this, like, take some time, pray about it. Be honest with yourself. Who are you? Like, what is your personality? Like, take some time, really, really be honest. Like, if you're in a position where you're like, man, I feel really burnt out, be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Is this who I am? Am I doing who I'm meant to be, if that makes sense? But yeah, yeah. be honest. Absolutely. All right. Mate, what do you got? I would say, uh, in order to know God, if you're coming at it from a spiritual place, in order to know God, you have to know yourself. Nice. All right. Sarah Kate? Um, I guess I would encourage people and encourage myself to take the time to understand people and how they're different from me so that I can best serve them and lift them up in the ways that they're weak and they're strong. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. I guess my nugget of wisdom, just kind of thinking about this episode in particular, and just kind of the season I'm in right now, is I kind of want to leave where I'm at. But I love where I'm at. And so I'm in this really weird conf- conflict of like, well, why do you love it and why do you want to leave? Mm-hmm. And you need to figure that out and pray about it and, and see what it is. Is it my own personality? Is it com- am I button heads? Is it just a new season that you're preventing going into for your own insecurity reasons? Or is it maybe you need to push into the season that you're in and not try just to get out to get out? So I'm in this little, really kind of weird conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're in a conflict kind of like that, don't don't hide it. Don't try to bury it down. Approach it. Talk about it. Pray about it. Talk to God about it. Talk to your, your inner circle about it. Your Pauls in your life, your Barnabases. Like get those people in your life to really talk about it and explore those, um, those feelings. Mm. So Nathan, Sarah Kate, Joe Cobb, I really appreciate y'all being on here today. Thanks for, for having us. Thanks mm. for having mm. us. Oh, y'all are amazing. And uh, if you don't follow us on Instagram, we're at the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Follow us on Instagram. And if you could, please, it'd be tremendous if you did. Write us a review on Apple and leave us a five star. It takes less than two minutes, and it helps us out significant, uh, significantly. And our goal is to get to 100 five-star ratings. And we're I think we're at 75 right now, so we need 25 more. So if y'all could do that, that'd be amazing. We love you. Thank you for joining the herd and listening to the Great White Buffalo Podcast.